When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on everybody what's happening welcome to ray sports rant over on the uh, dean blundell network find me on deanblundell.com why don't you how y'all feeling i'm feeling good right now living that dream are you following us on all our socials? Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Of course, you can uh, follow the network at DBlundellNet. Follow the Godfather, the Podfather himself at It's Dean Blundell. And uh, follow uh, the Who's Got Next at Who's Got Next Pod. Who's Got Next page. Follow me on uh, Instagram, Ray Rout, R A Y R A U P H. You can also follow the next Instagram as well. Lots to talk about tonight. We've got uh, Mr. Griffin B coming in to talk to Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. We're going to ask them why they suck. We're going to talk about Dukas. We're going to talk about Keith. We're going to talk about Marner. I'm going to show you the greatest Halloween costume ever. I'm going to show you why my kids make me feel like I'm a thousand years old. Give me a good time. Thank you all for uh, tuning in tonight. Maybe we should uh, get this going here. There we go. Music off. Shades are on. Raise sports rant. Want to talk sports? Let's talk sports. Uh, but actually, I'm not going to start with sports. I want to bring something up to everybody. Do you guys get DMs? Do you send DMs? Is DMs a big deal in your life? I'm going to tell you, I get a lot of DMs, uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. The ones on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I get excited when I get tweets from people that I know. Because 99% of the tweets that are sent to me are by people I don't know. And probably about 85% of those tweets, or those DMs, I should say tweets, those DMs. Let me start over. About 99% of the DMs that I receive on a daily basis are from people I don't know. And about 85 of those 99% of those DMs are people telling me that I'm an asshole. Nobody in my life who knows me, who follows me, who's met me in person or, you know, is an online friend ever messages me just to say hello. I always just get called an asshole. I don't think it's fair. So listen, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, if you're watching a micro content or you're listening to the podcast or you're doing whatever you're doing, just send me a DM. Say hi. Say, hey, Ray. Be like Brad, who's DM me after I tweeted that out today and said, Ray, I'm just changing it up, telling you you're not an asshole. And if you think I'm an asshole, well, you ain't seen nothing yet. Tell you that right now. Be a little bit nicer. I like to get DMs too. I like when people say hi. All right, can I show you guys the greatest Halloween costume ever for those of you who are on the 
uh, YouTube version of this. Obviously, the podcaster is going to take my word for it. But this kid, it got posted up by Carol Ann Miller. And this kid dressed up as Angel Hernandez, the worst umpire in the history of baseball. He's got everything. He's got the sunglasses. He's got the I'm blind cane. He's got the MLB polo on, and he's got A. Hernandez on the back. I'm telling you right now, this kid should have won every single Halloween costume party that he would have been involved with around the world. Even if he wasn't involved, if you want a Halloween contest, you should just be sending it to this kid right now because it was absolutely spectacular. I mean, when uh, like an 11 year old understands just how terrible Angel Hernandez is, it should tell you something, Angel. Maybe you shouldn't be suing the MLB saying that you're being discriminated against when everybody knows that you are just a terrible umpire. I say it all the time. In what world can you be as wrong as Angel Hernandez is on a day to day basis? And not lose your job. It's one of the most ridiculous, craziest things in the freaking world. He's fucking awful. He ruins baseball. I also think that umpires ruin baseball in general. Like They believe that fans are there to see them when everybody on the planet knows nobody's there to see the umpire. We're there to see some of the greatest athletes in the world play a sport that most dads with beer bods can play on Sunday. However, that doesn't mean that Aaron Hernandez and the rest of the umpires aren't dicks. I give it to that kid because it was an absolute phenomenal costume. Uh, let's talk some Patriots for all my Patriots contingent out there because I know you all want to hear it. Uh, Evan Lazar tweets out today, the Patriots thing put at the deadline makes sense. Could have sold off some pieces for small returns. Not a position to go all in on someone like Chubb or Raquan. Uh, play out the string see how it, where it takes you and keep cap flexibility for the next off season. And I think this is where I was coming at as well, too. I thought maybe the Patriots try to trade, you know, Kendrick Bourne. Maybe they try to move on from Nelson Aguilar, something of that nature. There were people out there asking me, are the Patriots going to make a move and bring people in at the trade deadline? And I said, you're out of your mind if you think that Bill Belichick's trying to build this team right now. Number one, the New England Patriots do nothing at trade deadline every single season. The last time they did, they brought in Mohamed Sanu and that blew up and Bill Belichick. Belichick's face, right? That was the last big move that I can remember and trading out Michael Bennett. The Patriots aren't big on trades at the trade deadline. So I wasn't expecting Belichick to do anything today. Again, maybe Isaiah Wynn, maybe Kendrick Bourne, but you still got to replace those guys on the roster. Why not just keep them and see how the season plays out? Again, maybe they run, maybe they go on a good run like they did last season. They pick up five or six games in a row and they're fighting for a playoff spot. But Bill Belichick is probably on the same page that I am. The, Bill, the New England Patriots are not a playoff team. I want them to be. I like the Patriots. As I said there the other day, I wish that the Patriots would have just torn things down and actually did a proper rebuild. We're not sure if Mac Jones is going to get out of this funk that he's in. We know that there's issues and problems there. So, I mean, what incentive did Belichick have to make any moves right now? Now, not everybody agreed, right? Troy Means said, now, nah, why would you not make the, the deal to acquire Ridley? That's minimal return Atlanta got for, a, or ATL got for a proven receiver. Uh, of course, he's not going to be able to play until 2023. Now, there could be an argument that that's Bill Belichick building for the future. But, you know, 
I digress on that point as well. I don't, I don't know what's really going to look like. He missed most of last season because he was going through some, some mental health issues and some injury problems. And then he, you know, come tries to come back this season, gets suspended for the year because uh, betting on football means more to the NFL than sexual assault, because we all know that they're all douchebags at the NFL. However, and that just flagged my video, by the way, because the NFL has some sort of hold on a certain social media video company, but yeah, I, I, I don't see it, you know, and you got, you know, and again, you got Jeff Matt saying, and why exactly are they not in a position to add Chubb or Ridley? First of all, neither of those two players helped this team this season. Then you got, and I mean, and really, and not even just from a cap perspective, like why would you give up that kind of capital? What what did Miami give up? A first round pick for Chubb? I mean, you're just, you're not going to do it. Ridley was a bit of a steal, but again, there's, there's the, the issues that come with Ridley. He hasn't played in two years. You don't know what he's going to look like. So, I was actually okay with the Patriots not making a move today. And Waterboy Pod says, I agree. Only hesitation is I could have got a fourth for win. I would have done it. It what was offered, probably not. I don't think he would have got a fourth round for fourth round pick for Isaiah Win. That's the issue. He's got a lot of cap left. Maybe the Patriots could have eaten some of it. However, the Patriots would have needed to replace him. Isaiah Wynn is a part of that rotation on the offensive line. Now, he's been playing like shit. It's not like he's been a good piece on that offensive line, but you got to replace him. And you really want to replace shit with garbage because that's all you'd be doing if you move Isaiah Wynn right now. You're better to stick with the evil you know rather than taking a piece, rather than taking a piece that maybe doesn't fit the system, maybe doesn't understand the scheme. With what I consider a very weak offensive coaching staff that wouldn't be able to get the new offensive lineman up to snub in time. Even a guy coming off the practice squad wouldn't be ready to be there. So I, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate the move. I don't think it's going to be a terrible play for Belichick. It's not something that we're going to look back at and say, well, he should have made a move. There was other years that apps 1000%. I wanted to hear Bill. I wanted to see Bill Belichick make a move with the trade deadline, but not this year. I was okay with it it's just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's move on here a little bit. As you guys may have known, there was a fight on the weekend. Jake Paul took on um, Anderson Silva and, and beat him in a decision, knocked Silva down. And Marty Mush wrote, Jake Paul is a real fighter, better than most, and what he's doing is incredible. You have to respect it. Okay, so I got a lot to break down there. And the first thing I want to break down is I do respect what Jake Paul is doing. When Jake and Logan Paul got into the boxing arena, when they started putting on these festivals, as I was calling them, I thought they were making a mockery of the sport. Just when I thought guys like Canelo and Anthony Joshua were starting to bring the sport back, I thought, okay, the Paul brothers are now ruining and making a mockery of the sport. But then I also realized that they were bringing new fans to the sport. They're maybe introducing boxing to people who didn't want to watch it before. I knew a lot of MMA guys who didn't want to watch boxing. Now I'm a combat fighting. I'm a combat sport fan. I like watching boxing. I like watching mixed martial arts. And I think that, you know, when it all came down to it, it brought a new audience, but I have respect for Jake Paul because you can tell that he has been taking this serious. He gets better and better every single fight. And I've, it's been noticeable for me for somebody who watches boxing on the regular, for somebody who watches it or, or, and studies fighting and understands boxing. You got to have respect for what he's done because he has gotten better and better every single fight. Now to say that he's doing better than most 
is not something that I'm prepared to concede to right now because I will be one of those guys. And there was a lot of responses saying this out there. So let's look at the responses and I'll give my opinion to them. Right. Uh, Joey says, uh, no, he's not. LOL. An- Anderson Silver in his prime would fucking kill Jake Paul. And uh, maybe not. Anderson Silver was more of an MMA guy. Um, Go Bird says, tell him to fight an actual boxer. Johnny says, you're an idiot. Scrappy says, no, he's not. Locker room talk says, until he fights an actual boxer, boxer that's current, you can't measure his ability. And that's where I stand on the issue. He hasn't fought a real boxer yet. And I know, I think that I, I heard that you know, he called out Canelo. I didn't watch the post-match fight. I just watched the fight. And I heard that he called out Canelo and said, I want Canelo. Canelo will, will just pound the crap out of Jake Paul. And it's no disrespect to Jake Paul, but Canelo is one of, is probably at the moment, the best pound for pound fighter on the planet. There's an argument that he's the best pound for pound fighter ever. Uh, I think that's Floyd Mayweather. Canelo fans will argue that. I will just remind everybody that Floyd Mayweather beat Canelo. So it's Floyd Mayweather. But right now, best pound for pound guy is Canelo. And I'm a triple G guy. So I hate giving Canelo any kind of props. But Canelo's the best pound for pound boxer on the planet. He's a real boxer. He's got an unbelievably heavy punch. Jake Paul has not felt the punch like he felt, like he'll feel from Canelo. So as much as I respect what Jake Paul has been doing as much as I respect that he has taken the craft serious as much as I respect that he's a guy who has went from making the fight scene a sort of joke to being a little bit serious I can't put him on the same pedestal right now as the great boxers in the world like some people are mainly because he hasn't done enough in my eyes he hasn't done enough to prove he is because he doesn't fight boxers. He fights former fighters. He fights basketball players. And and I, I give him respect. Taking on the mixed martial art guys is a lot bigger feat than it was fighting, you know, a basketball guy who fights with his head first and his hands behind him. However, get into the ring with a real boxer, get into a ring with a guy who all he does is practice fighting for the last 20 years. And then we'll be able to start having these kind of conversations. We'll be able to start discussing whether or not Jake Paul's a legit boxer. But again, I put the respect in because he's gotten better and better every fight. And you can see that he's taking the craft serious. All right. It's now that time that I bring in our guest for the day. Ladies and gentlemen, today is Tuesday, November 1st. Get the Mariah Carey ready to go. It's the Christmas season. Season with Halloween finishing yesterday. Of course, we got Thanksgiving coming up at the end of the month for our friends in the United States. And we're not going to be talking into football though, because we're going to be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they stink. They stink so much right now. And there's a lot of hate and a lot of things that me and this man need to cover. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a TikTok creator, a video creator, and and, and micro content creator for the Dean Blundell Network. Please welcome my man Griff Bourgeois at Mr. Griff B on Twitter, at Mr. Griff B on TikTok. No, on Instagram and on TikTok, it's Griff Betts, right? Am I Griff right? Any, am I right talk. with any of that? Griff, Griff Sports, Sports talk. talk. I'm back. Um, fun little fact, I don't know if you guys know as well. I made a video. So I did one video. I was supposed to do one video I forgot to do. But I've been to an NHL game since we last spoke. Obviously, not involving the Leafs. But... 
my little friend here had an exciting uh, – his team's exciting, but maybe we'll talk about them in a bit. But for now, let's rip the Band-Aid off. I'm excited. It feels good to be back. It's been a couple weeks. Obviously, we've been busy with other stuff, but you know what? We always have time to talk hockey. It's always a good time. Shout out to my favorite company, too, Bauer. A little bit of a behind the curtain. Griff and I are both in marketing. Griff and I have had events like crazy the last two months. So the fact that I was putting on events, he was putting on events, we were both putting on events simultaneously in the last two weeks. The fact that we were able to find any time to even get together at all has been crazy. But I think you're done now for a while. I've got one more on the 11th so we can just chill out a bit and just settle down, right? So we're good. I'm done with traveling, but I have one on Saturday and then I have one next week and then besides that it's going to calm down until christmas season but for me it's been really busy i got to experience other parts of canada like winnipeg and calgary and at the same time too like my friend here mr Sabretooth, uh got to go back down to buffalo on saturday as well so you know what it's been it's been fun but folks content creation doesn't pay the bills marketing pays the bills and sometimes you know what life comes first i explained that on my podcast because i took off the entire week seven of the nfl season as well yeah, I and I took the entire week off last week as well because I was up at a conference for four days. So it's, you know, um, doing conference things, drinking a lot of conference beverages. But listen, Griff, before we get into the Leafs, that stink, by the way, like they stink. And we're going to get into how much they stink. I want to put this on the plate for you because you and I are roughly the same age or a little bit younger, but you're we're roughly the same age. So my kid tells me today that she likes old music, not only old music, she likes classic rock. And then she turned around and requested some 41 okay and then after some 41 we listen to blink 182 then we listen to simple plan then we listen to green day and then we listen to good charlotte when did good music that we grew up listening to become classic rock when did when did blink 182 become classic rock what the hell universe and dimension am i living in right now man explain this to me because for them, that's old school. I don't know what year your daughter was born. I'm going to say mid-2000s or something like that, if I had to guess. But for them, that's that's classic, like, viewed as classic because it came out 20 years ago. Meanwhile, for someone like me, I look at stuff in like the 70s, the 80s, and even like the early 90s, like right before I was born. That's what I view as classic rock. That entire genre, like Sun 41, Blink-182, Green Day, Good Charlotte, I'll even throw a simple plan in there. That's pop punk to me. That's like stuff I grew I love up on. Simple plan. Love Simple Plan, by the way. First ever concert I saw in 2005. Open uh, One of the opener opening bands is uh, no longer around for reasons I'm not going to go into on this podcast. But that's how I view it. That's pop punk. I like that's the kind of the generation of music I grew up on. But I can I can get where I get where she's coming from. Let me put it that way. I get where she's coming from, but I don't agree with her. Is that fair to say? In too deep is not a classic rock song. That's a song that we danced to. It's a song that we danced to at parties. Uh, yeah, no, pop punk, pop punk was the shit, dude. Like that American was my Pie too. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny because it is at the end of the party. You're absolutely right. But you know what? It's funny. You talk about the American Pie. We'll get in the least here in a second, guys. But the Amer- I always talk about the American Pie movies because I feel like I grew up with the American Pie kids. Like I was in high school the same time they were in high school. Then I was in college the same time they were in college. Then they got married and they had the, the wedding at American Wedding. I was married around that same time. And then I watched American Reunion. 
And outside of being married with a couple of kids, I was like, oh my God, am I Stifler? Like the guy who just doesn't want to grow up? <laughs> because I'm showing up to like, dude, even at this conference last week, we're going out to the pubs after. People are still dressed up somewhat half professional. And I'm rocking the hoodie in the tight pants, you know, the skinny pants and the, the, the skinny joggers with the, with the ball cap. And it's like, man, may, maybe I'm the one who hasn't grown up. Maybe I'm still the, I'm 30. I always say I'm 22. I'm 36 going on 22. I'm the same way. Like even like I had a couple of dinners I had to go out to and some other stuff and people are in like full suits and stuff like that. And then there's me and Kathy's in a dress shirt and Jordan's at these events. I'm the guy that's rocking. I'd rock the golf shirt and I had like Kathy's and I tucked in my golf shirt, but I felt like a dad in that moment. So I was like, as soon as I was able to untuck it, I was like, Oh, thank God. But yeah, I had that, I had that same moment. Like I'm the guy like today at work, People are dressed up like in like with collar shirts and stuff like that. I'm the guy rocking my black car hard shirt, my camo joggers, my Air Force Ones. Because in marketing, you have that kind of freedom. So I get exactly where you're coming from. You're able to like be casual, but you're not like able to be dressy. That's where I like it. It's a happy medium. And if I have the days where I work from home, you better believe I'm in either shorts or sweatpants, even in the winter time. <laughs> All right, let's get into this here. I wonder. So I was. Dude, I, I there was so much to talk about since we've talked last, and I was I've been grabbing like just shots on Twitter and all this stuff that I want to go over, and I I really didn't know where to start with you tonight. Like I'm telling you, there's so much content for us to go through. We're not going to get through everything I've collected. I found this post on Twitter that came from a Reddit user, and I need to read this to you because it's absolutely insane. There's a lot of Mitch Marner hate right now, and oh my god, does this guy hate Mitch Marner? So, one specter says. Mitch Marner can go fuck himself along with his toxic father and posse around him and the culture he has brought to this team. William Nylander has been ragged on for years and years by fans and media, has had to endure tons of disgusting and xenophobic comments and is constantly the whipping boy, yet he never complains and just comes out and plays. Nylander has played through adversity better than any other core guy, guy has. And even tonight, despite being the team's best player so far, he had to be the one demoted to his unnatural position to balance the lineup and deliver two assists in the process. He played far less than the other core guys did, but do you see him throwing a tantrum? No. Marner gets benched for a shift, and the whole world comes crashing down. Fuck this kid. There's been a lot of criticism towards Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews for their slow start to the season that's like 10 games in by the way people right like it's like we're acting like this is mid-season however i've had a bit of a hard-on for the kids as well mitch marner especially because when sheldon keith came out after that arizona game which you guaranteed me the leafs were going to win and they came out after that arizona game and he blasted them and basically said our stars are not being stars right now and then walked back his comments because it hurt mitch marner's feelings um this team is soft, dude. What do you say to this guy's just epic rant here? First of all, I did not say the Leafs were going to beat Arizona. I said bet Arizona on the puck line. And as it comes to last week, I'm going to throw two things out there. I told people bet San Jose on the puck line, bet the Leafs on the puck line. That's why I'm scared to bet on the Leafs tomorrow night because they're such huge favorites. And whenever they're minus 200 or above, they tend to lose. Um, what I think about the comments, first of all, I'm going to say this. Him going into the tunnel and breaking a stick and throwing a temper tantrum, that is unacceptable. That is unacceptable. That is childlike behavior. That's something I do not condone. I'm also going to throw on the record here. I do not condone jersey throwing or burning of jerseys. You stick with this team through thick and fucking thin. I don't care how tough it is. 
well, with the whole with the, with the whole posse stuff though, and with all the other comments, look, when you play in a hockey heavy market, when you play in a market that's starved for success, that's starved for winning, the second you start to go down, these people will kick you to the curb. The second that you are on top of the world, we have seen this with guys like Michael Bradley, Javinko. I know I'm going into Toronto FC, but guess what, folks? They're proven winners, even though Gio's no longer here. That team won a cup. I was there for it. The Raptors in 2019. Why those guys have leash? Those guys are a game above 500 right now, and everything's fine. Why? Because they have a championship to their name. Now, I'm not saying the Leafs have to have a championship to their name, but year after year after year, it's the same exact result. You're losing in seven or five in certain cases like the bubble. You need to learn to win, and until you win, these fans are going to hold you accountable. They're going to hold you hostage, and they are going to harp on you for negatives more than positives. One other note I want to point out right now as well, guys like Michael Bunting are not stepping up. There are guys right now who I look at this team and I'm like, there is no way you can tell me this team is ready to contend and win. Are they going to make the playoffs? Yes. Don't panic about that, folks. It's 10 games in. It's November. we got five months to go. But I will say this about tomorrow night. If they lose tomorrow night, something's got to give. Something has to give. Tomorrow night, you, 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 they have to come out and play a full 60 minutes. I'm sorry. And as for the William Nylander stuff, look, I was upset too that he signed and he kind of came over and was bad. You look at that contract now, and that's a steal. $6.9 million for a player of his caliber. He could easily be making 8 or $9 and probably not be a Leaf had it been like a couple years difference when you had to sign, you know, Matthews, Marner, and obviously now the Tavares' contract's kicking in and not looking exactly bright. And we have, let's see, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah, we got three more seasons left of Tavares. So that's my points I wanted to make on that Hall stuff, too. And at the same time, too, find you someone that loves you as much as Sheldon Keith loves Justin Hall. I'm just going to say that. Is it fair to say that Nylander and Tavares have been the least best players outside of maybe Eli Samsonoff? Yeah, absolutely. That's fair to say. One thing I'll say as well is uh, don't knock Shalgren. I know his three games have been, lack of a better term, porous. He's not an NHL goaltender. He's an AHL goaltender. He's still developing. He's still, it's kind of like, you know, when you're making a soup, the pot's still boiling on him. You can't rush goaltender development. That's why guys like Jack Campbell took so long to come to the Ascension. And that's a, whew, that's another ugly story. But I'm saying this right now. Samsonov has been their best player. Sure, did he have a bad game against LA? Yes. But guess what? The whole team had a bad game against LA. The whole team had a bad game against Vegas. You can't just put blame on one person when the entire team plays bad. But when you look at all the wins, I'm sorry. I'm going to go on another tangent. You need to see the team that played against Winnipeg start to come out. You need that team. You don't need a team of skill. You need a team that's not afraid to get gritty. And I'll say that too. I do agree with you. Tavares has been playing well. Nylander's been playing well. Don't sweat it with Matthews and Marner. They'll figure it out. Matthews will still probably score above 40 goals. Marner will probably still be a 100-point guy. Give it time, folks. This isn't the NFL where every game matters, and by game 10, you're out of it. No. We have 70 games to go. 72 more games to go. Relax. That's all I'm going to say. If these are problems come February, yeah, you can panic. It's November 1st. Do not panic just yet, Leafs Nation. Well, let's go back to that Winnipeg game, and I'm going to put out, I'm going to read something to Mark Spector. I know he's not everybody's favorite guy, but something that he tweeted out, because that Winnipeg game to me was, 
what I wanted to see out of the Maple Leafs. That's probably the last time I wrote something positive about the Leafs. I said, man, they gritted out a game. They played with with heart. They played tough. They kept their cool tough. We saw Wayne Simmons come in and make that amazing pass. We saw him hitting. We saw the the cheap shot and and the Leafs stick up for each other, but then continue playing. We saw what we wanted to see out of the Leafs, and we haven't seen it since then. Arizona comes up right after that, and it's just been garbage all the way through. Now, Spectre wrote this. He said... Dubis had Kadri, Hyman, Marchment, uh, <laughs> Labinskin under Lu- contract, Labushkin, but prioritize soft skill. And I, I highlighted soft skill in my mind because I've been calling the Leafs soft. That's been my talk. Soft skill. Now Toronto can't win games, get hard playoffs, or when the skill guys aren't firing. Analytics can't qualify, quote, hard to play against or grit Leafs are a case study on results without it. It was poor grammar, poorly written. However, I'm not a big specter fan. and I know a lot of people aren't. I thought he nailed it right on the head. Griff. I, I know I'm just getting back to hockey. I know I'm new to the market. However, I think for me, thinking back to the hockey, I knew, and I know you can't can open. I know, I know things are different right now, but I'm not seeing grit. There's still a grit to hockey. I'm watching other teams play who are grinding out games, and I'm watching the Leafs just turn the puck over. No strength on the stick. You know, they're turning. I mean, I think in my estimation, and I don't think this is overestimating because I'm not a fan of the Leafs, as you know. I'm not really like a big hockey fan. So I really look at it subjectively. 80% of the goals that they have let up, Samsonov or whoever's in net has been held out to dry, and it was either a turnover. Or the Leafs defense just leaving a guy wide open and not, you know, no obstruction whatsoever. They're just playing soft. What do you think of Spectre's sort of analysis there that there's just no grit on this team? It's the fact that Dubas was willing to cut guys that have that it factor over money. It's will it's that fact that he knows, hey, these guys might be cheaper. They're not gonna be as good. Like we already seen too, he struck out on Obey Kubel, hasn't played well. Aston Reese hasn't played well. Alex Kerfoot's a guy has to get out of here by the trade deadline. I'm sorry those guys aren't going to win you championships because everyone's starting to realize, oh, it's not, oh, you don't have enough skill. You don't have enough grit. You need your third and fourth lines to produce. Those guys you all listed there could be solid contributors, but guess what? They took bigger money elsewhere instead of staying here. That's what happened. Labushkin went to Buffalo, even though he's a healthy scratch. Hyman's playing okay in Edmonton right now. Whenever they score, though, he's like, I think the Oilers are undefeated essentially. And then it's just, it's year after year where it's kind of like we get spoon-fed the same thing. And also, too, what we already talked about, the goal horn not changing. When I look at the Leafs, they only have played really, besides Winnipeg and Washington, I'd say those are their two like games where you could argue they were, like, perfect. Like, everything, like, you know, 60 minutes was good. There was a couple slip-ups against Washington, but... Samsonov kind of found his groove and found his rhythm after he let in those goals. Same thing happened against Ottawa. Uh, Dallas, too, was another game. Like like how we said, Nick Robertson. Name got called upon. Buried two goals, including the OT winner. Now with this team, you just don't know. Like this team, after the Montreal collapse two years ago, I'm in the boat of I don't care what they do for 82 games. I care about what happens in the springtime. There are seven games you have to make or break your season. Seven games to, for people to remember what you do well. You can go out there tomorrow night and beat Philadelphia 7-0. If you lose in the first round in Game 7, that's all people are going to remember. No one's going to care about that. It's kind of like last year how they had their drunken beer league game, 10-7 win over the Detroit Red Wings. I almost said Lions there for a second. But no one matters. 
That's the thing. A lot of this fan base is broken. A lot of this fan base has had enough. You see guys, like obviously we're talking about Steve Dangle. He went on there and had a one-taker where he's at the point where he's calling for change. He always likes to paint a pretty picture. And I feel bad for the guy because guess what? Like how I tell you, people thrive off bad with the players. His best videos are when the Leafs are at their absolute worst. You want to see guys like that succeed. You want to see the guy from Alberta who's just like next. That's net. Like I know Dangles up here, but then there's that guy that's like up here in the sense of kind of he's an interesting fellow, Curtis. Um, you want to see those guys happy. You know that if the Leafs win, there's going to be so many people that just hate it. That you just do you, want to do see. you mean the guy who dresses up in his full gear in his man cave yeah. to watch the games? I love him. I yeah. love him. Who buys like player worn gear and stuff yeah. like that? Where I wonder how how the hell he affords that? Because if you go on real sports auction, that stuff is not cheap. Um, like I'm talking hundreds and thousands of dollars, folks, depending on the player. But that's the thing. You want to see this team succeed. Like that's what I want for this team. You want a fun hockey team to watch. I'm going to go back to another example because I was there Saturday night. This team is currently rebuilding still. As this is their mascot. This is a toy that a buddy of mine, uh, was my, we were there as a guy I know the Sabres fan. He's a season ticket holder. And for some reason bought this for my fiance and I just out of spite. But you know what? This team was fun to watch. Goaltending is still a bit of a concern for them. But you want a product that's fun. You want the fans that are into it. You like Tomorrow night, we're going to see this. Platinum seats empty because people that are there do not give a shit. You want the seats full. You want the rowdiness there. But guess what? You keep losing, you're going to lose a lot of your fan base. You are going to lose a lot of people that are going to get sick and fed up. Because why? The Leafs know how to disappoint people. They don't know how to make people happy. Last time I felt happiness as a Leafs fan was when I was 10 years old. I'm almost 30. So I tweeted this out the other day. And you and I uh, have this unique relationship because we didn't meet because of hockey. We met because of football, and we both happened to cover the New England Patriots. I've been covering the New England Patriots and the Boston Red Sox for the last five years. I think you're three years into your Patriots pod, eight years? Uh, no, I'm just saying four and four for the Patriots. Oh. Year three will be coming up yes. January second, twenty twenty-three. So you're in you're in year three of your of your podcast. Um, going into year four, you'll be at the three years, but going into year four. So we've both covered Boston sports. Again, me, baseball, uh, Sox and Patriots. You have the Patriots. So I have one thing I've noticed, Griff, in the last, you know, I've been covering Toronto sports now. I think I'm on month three of covering Toronto sports. And one of the observations I have made is Sheldon Keefe and the players complain about the, like, vigorously complain about the Toronto media and talk about the pressure cooker of playing with this Toronto media. And as somebody who covered Boston sports for five years, I find it so fucking laughable that the Leafs fans think at Leafs and Leafs fans and the players and the coaches think that this is toxic media. Cause I'm following the Leafs media. It's not great, but it ain't fucking Boston. Like try being Bill Belichick right now with a four and four Patriots team and see what toxic media is. Um, because you, you know, you're in the same boat as me covering that Boston sports. You probably follow more, you know, Boston sports personalities than you do Toronto because that's who we covered. What is your thoughts when you hear the least players and Sheldon Keith? I won't even get into the fans, but Sheldon Keith and least players being like, well, cause you guys write that or, you know, or you guys do this and just like vigorously getting upset with the, with the media. Don't feed into it. It's one of those things. You have to ignore the outside music. That's why Belichick is so nonchalant in every single one of his interviews. That's why when the Mac Jones stuff came up with the ankle injury, it was day by day. 
We're on to Cincinnati. It's just the little sound bites. Why? He doesn't care. He doesn't care what idiotic opinion Felger has on a daily basis. He doesn't care what comes from WEEI, 98.5, the fan. Um, I, I, I'd say Nesson, but I have people I know who work there. Um, when, so I respect Nesson. Um, but with the national media, because guess what? You listen to, I listen to TSN 1050 Monday to Friday, Overdrive, First Up, Leafs Lunch. They're on them because they care. It's like when a teacher is a dick to you because they want to see you succeed. They need to see past that. You're not going to get coddled. You're not going to get that. You have to learn to embrace criticism. And I'm sorry, when you pull stunts the other night, like when the media is asking to talk to Sheldon and Sheldon refuses, you can't do that. I, I am sorry, but if they lose tomorrow night and if it's bad, like if they come out tomorrow night and are flat-footed and lose 4-1, Sheldon Keefe should not be behind the bench Saturday night. If he is, you're just adding to the problem and admitting defeat because guess what? Your schedule coming up after that, you have Boston Saturday night, who's one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in the NHL right now. You have Carolina on Sunday on a back-to-back, who's another really good team. You have Vegas, who's back to being normal. Jack Eichel with an unreal goal Sunday night. Then you have Pittsburgh and Vancouver. Vancouver, I know, has gone off to a slow start, but guess what? Vancouver's a team that can compete and wants to play because I know Canucks fans hate the Leafs for the sole fact that they get coverage everywhere. Block the outside noise. Block out whatever you don't want to hear. You can't live in a world and pretend that everything's fine. I know you a few weeks ago, even though we cover Boston sports, you had Bill's Mafia on here. You had the president, I believe, of the Bill's Mafia babes on. And I know from being more into this, the amount of hate women get. What do they do? They shake it off and they laugh at it, including some of it that, frankly, is quite gross. But you have to learn to laugh at it. You have to have to learn how not to take things so seriously. You have to learn to control your emotions. I used to be that kind of guy where I was the same thing, where you always take things, you take it to heart. You can't do that. The more you realize that, you know what, it's a joke or it's not always serious, your life gets better. So guess what? You have to learn to take things seriously. So I'm going to say this to Sheldon Keith, even though he's not listening right now. Grow a set. Go out there tomorrow night. Play 60 minutes of hockey because tomorrow night seems like a game where, guess what? If stuff doesn't go well, you're going to get jerseys on the ice. I'm saying that right now. If they go down early, it's going to get ugly, and you're going to hear your name. I want you to go look at a clip from, I think it was 2008 or 2009, when the Leafs faithful was screaming fire Wilson throughout the whole game. It happened to Lindy Ruff a few weeks ago too, but the devils have seemed to turn it around. So I'm just going to say that block the outside noise, go out there, play 60 minutes of hockey and you do you. That's all I want to say. Yeah. And uh, president Bill's mafia babes is Kristen Kimmick. Follow, on Twitter, follow her on Twitter at Kimmick 86 joining the Dean Blundell network to do some Buffalo Bills videos. We're very excited about that. Um, perfect segue for you though, because this is something I saw from Michael today. And this goes back to something you and I talked about a few weeks ago about Sheldon Keefe having to hold the players responsible. Now, since we have spoken in my opinion, Sheldon Keefe tried to hold his stars accountable. They had a conniption shit in the dressing room and he had to come back to the media and walk it back. Now I'm going to read something that uh, Michael wrote. And I actually 1000% agree with this. He said, if the Leafs fire Sheldon Keefe, they are letting their players off the hook. Enough is enough. It's time for players to be held accountable. 
Now, sometimes you need to make a move because maybe Keefe has lost the locker room and that's why he can't hold them accountable. But I totally agree. I think there's a lot of hate towards Sheldon Keefe right now. And there's a lot of attention not being placed on Mitch Marner, even though you have people freaking out on Austin Matthews, on Michael Bunting, who's done nothing. This He scored the first goal of the season and that's been his year. That's what he can hang his hat on. You know, and I do agree. And I go back to everything that we kind of talked about today because I've done my research. I went back in history. I look what happened. I looked up William Nylander stuff. People have been shitting on William Nylander for years. He's been the best player this year. I seem to be the only one talking about him on a day-to-day basis because I fucking love him. He's my favorite Leaf, right? Just because what he can do in open space. And the guy that everybody was worried about was John Tavares is the only guy getting gritty playing in front of the net. I know he's not fast and he needs to play that game, but he's sitting there with shots. And I mean, we were worried about goaltending and fucking Eli Samsonov. I'm going to tell you right now, I think has been great, you know, a couple shaky goals here and there, but you can never turn around and be like, he's the problem on this team. I think that when Matt Murray comes back, he's going to be number. I know it's a rotation, but I think he's going to be number two in the rotation. I think Samsonov's done enough to put himself in that position that you have have to sort of follow the hot hand sorry matt you can't stay healthy which we know is an issue for you but i mean yes maybe sheldon keith needs to go maybe they need a change of culture but do we not need to hold those stars accountable you need to hold them accountable the longer that it takes them to the longer it takes for them to get going if this continues people are going to start getting held accountable and you can't be painting pretty pictures you can't be saying it's sunny and bright out when it's pouring rain that's all I that's what I want to say. You can't go out there and try to, you know, we live in a culture where frankly there's a lot of people that are, that are, that are soft, including a video I saw today of a Starbucks employee crying about that 25 hours and eight hour shifts is way too much to work. But look, that's just a society we live in where you get stuff like that. Shout out to Starbucks employees. My daughter works at Starbucks, works her ass off. And he's not talking about you, Liz. He's talking about another whiny baby. Shout out to the Davis Drive location, Starbucks and Newmarket. Fucking amazing people. Sorry, go ahead, Griff. Yeah. But basically, I'm trying to say is you got to learn that everything's not going to be okay. You got to learn that, look, they're going to lose. But when you, I'm sorry, when three of your losses have come to Anaheim, San Jose, and Arizona, that is unexcusable. That is inexcusable. And Montreal, too. We'll say those four. When four of those losses have come to teams that are, frankly, Three of them are easily going to be in the Bedard sweepstakes. You lose hope. Tonight, Philadelphia is playing. I'm going to check it out right now because I'm also, if you haven't seen folks yet, I have a nice parlay going tonight so far, which the first leg is looking good. Um, but Philadelphia is playing tonight in New York. Carter Hart's in net, which means that tomorrow night, tomorrow night's goalie is probably going to be Felix Sanderstump, who has an 0-2 record and a 3-plus goals against average. I'm sorry, but when I look at that, how am I supposed to believe in this team? How am I supposed to get any hope that this team's going to do anything? Set yourself up for disappointment, maybe you'll see success. That's why I haven't been disappointed when they lost those three, because I knew for sure that the puck lines would have been covered. Saturday night, I thought, hey, you know what? They're in the Bieber jerseys. They're going to beat L.A. Guess what? That didn't happen either. And L.A. is another team playing at sub-500 hockey right now. All right, going to show you one more thing here. Now, you talked about this on the beginning. I wrote about it today, but I wanted to share it with you as well. Here's a dude, and I think the person who actually posted this video wasn't a Leaf fan, but my whole point was somebody actually did this. Somebody actually put a Marner jersey in the fire pit. First of all, I really question what kind of lifestyle you live that you have burning jersey money just kicking around. 
But what do you like? I, I'm going to tell you right now, I hate the trend of burning jerseys. We see it across all sports when either players are playing bad or they leave teams. I think it's dumb. You know what? When it happened with LeBron, that was the first time we ever saw it happen. It was kind of like a okay, cool experience. You're like, wow, look how upset the Cleveland fans are. But then other people are like, oh, look, something happened. Let's make this a trend because we're stupid and these people waste money. As a Leaf fan, your entire life, you've gone through the ups and downs. You were born at a time where you would have come in and not experienced a whole lot of happiness from Toronto. And you see this Marner jersey burning in a fire pit. Now, I want to see Marner held accountable. I don't want to see his jersey burnt. What do you think when you see this kind of action? It's pathetic. It's, it's honestly pathetic. Like It's like I said, stick through the thick and thin because guess what? Someone on TikTok said this once. It's actually a dude. He's a Philadelphia guy who, like, paints his face and goes to, like, every sporting event. Um, it's easy to be a fan of a team that's winning. It's difficult to be a fan of a team that's bad. I'm not saying the Leafs are bad, but just know that it's going to get better. This team's going to be in the playoffs. It's not like, guys, guys, we're three weeks into the season. We're literally three weeks into the season. The season started 20, 21, literally 21 days ago tonight, October 12th. It is November Wait, October 11th, the season started. It is November 1st. Before we know it, March will be here. This team's going to be in the playoffs. Ottawa or Buffalo is going to falter for as much as I know you don't like to hear that. Um, but when it comes to this team and when it comes to everything else, don't don't burn your jersey. Don't throw your jersey on. That's the other thing, too. Throwing the jersey on the ice, just giving it up because you're sick and tired. That's what Twitter's for. That's what... Social That's what waffles for. are for. Yeah, I was actually at one of the waffle games about 12 years ago, by the way. Um, Throw the waffles. But that's the thing. You're. I understand you're restless. I understand it's not easy. Guess what? You're not going to waltz and go like 62, get 60 wins. If anything, we look back on this from now in eight months, and I'm going to throw out a hypothetical. This could be the start of the DVD. I don't want to say what the DVD is or what the DVD is called. But just remember, folks, not all good movies start off well. Sometimes great movies have rough beginnings and take a while to build up. So I'm just here to say it's going to get better. It will get better for Leafs Nation. It will improve. They're going to find their stride. But with that being said, it's, it's, got, it's got to happen sooner than later because you can't just go around thinking everything's fine. You can't just go around being like, oh, it's going to get better. We saw what happened with the Blue Jays earlier this year. I'm not referring to the playoff run. I'm referring to Charlie not holding people accountable. And guess what happened? He got fired. John Snyder came in and he did a really good job and got a three-year contract extension. My only full paw with it is, and why I think it won't happen, is because Mike Babcock is in the last year of his deal. And I don't think the Leafs want to be paying two people to not coach the team. So we'll see what happens. But I'll also say this too. If he gets fired, it's not Kyle Dubas's decision. It's because someone from up top is probably breathing down Brandon Shanahan's neck saying he's got to go. So if tomorrow night gets ugly, I don't know how to explain it. Tomorrow night, they got to come out. They got to play a full 60 minutes. Don't take any time off. Don't do anything stupid. Just go out there and play the hockey you know how to play. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Griff. Uh, the Leafs playing bad now as a Toronto sports media figure, not not traditional media. But as a Toronto sports media figure, I'll tell you, bad Maple Leafs content is so much more fun than good Maple Because when we started this and I was on Twitter and it was all this optimism and this team's going to be so good, it was hard for me to come up with subjects. Uh, just the absolute 
the rage that Pat- that uh, Leafs fans have remind me so much of Patriots fan rage, except, you know, Patriots fans actually experience championships. They're just not used to being bad. It's crazy. Griff, uh, love your work. Love what you do. Follow all your videos. I re- try to retweet every video that comes out. Uh, you had another one out today. Uh, some of them you just talk. Some of them you do stupid dances. I fucking love them. They're going to be up on the network very, very soon. Tell the people where they can find everything that you're doing. Of course, you will be up. All the videos at some point are going on DeanBlendell.com once the director of sports can get his shit together. Everything is on Griff Sports Talk on TikTok, guys. Everything's rocking and rolling and cruising. Mr. Griff B on Twitter, Mr. Griff B on Instagram. Everything gets uploaded to there. October's over. November, there's not really a gimmick for November. It's just going to be more and more videos. Um, but you know what? We're just getting started. We're just getting started. We're out here to make some money. Made some money on the NFL this past weekend. NHL had some good ones in throughout November, uh, throughout October. We're going to continue it into November because there's no better day to start hot than the first of the month. And that's what we got today. Two games are about to start on it. One game is being played right now. Tonight's parlay, I know it's late, but it's Ottawa plus one and a half. It's Boston Bruins money line, and it's the Minnesota-Montreal over six and a half goals. Plus 520, plus 567 at the score bet. I always tag in what sports book I'm using because I always change it up because that's the thing, folks, with sports books. You can't have just one. You got to be able to dive into every little pot. My main go-tos right now is FanDuel and the score bet, but others will come and go. Follow Griff. He'll make you some money. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Griff Orzwan. Follow him on Twitter at Mr. Griff D. Uh, here every Tuesday talking Toronto Maple Leafs. Love him. One of my favorite guests of all time. He's a regular. If somebody's a regular guest on here, you know I absolutely love them. Uh, guys, that's Ray Sports Rant. I appreciate you coming in. Of course, uh, we're a part of the Dean Blundell Network. Check us out at DeanBlundell.com. Uh, you can catch up my daily blog over there. You can listen to all the podcasts. You can catch Griff's podcast. Uh, very soon you'll be able to catch his videos when the uh, sports director gets his shit together as I said um, appreciate all you guys you guys are phenomenal as always follow me on twitter at dpn underscore ray follow us on the network at net. Uh follow the podfather the founder at it's Dean Blundell. and uh, make sure you tune in like that video if you're watching on the youtube channel the who's got next uh, podcast youtube channel hit that like button subscribe all that kind of fun stuff 19,000 subscribers now and growing appreciate everybody who watches us each and every week don't forget tomorrow is the who's got next podcast and i've got a special special surprise for our boy mario from hashtag sport and uh listen guys if you heard something today that you didn't like if you heard something that maybe offended you if you're maybe a little outraged that's maybe something i said right now all i gotta say to you is you ain't seen nothing yet you looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.